0: Welcome to the King's Cost dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you're blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I've been so looking forward to today for Connie to come and, um, if you don't know Connie, um, I met Connie at, uh, we bumped into each other at a leader's lunch. Uh, I'm not sure that there's, I didn't feel like a leader when I was there. I was just interested in the egg sandwiches and things that were hanging around. And I just got chatting to Connie over an egg sandwich about what God's doing here. And, um, we were just straight away. I just felt a connection, you know, and you know that you have a connection with someone. And we were just so excited about talking about the things of God Uh, And it was just amazing. And from that day, we said straight away, I said, I want you to come and speak here at the church. Connie's seen some amazing things as well, and her team. Uh, It was a pleasure. Just recently, I went, they invited me to come and speak to the uh, YWAM. Connie works for YWAM in Cambridge. That's youth with a mission. It's not necessarily always to do with youth. But she invited me to come along and to speak into some of these guys' lives. And I went along. We had an awesome day, didn't we? Uh, A retreat day. And uh, God was doing some amazing things. But I'm just going to hand straight over to Connie. Let her introduce herself, and she's got the she's got the the stage today. God bless you. Thank you. Praise
1: the Lord. Ooh, so exciting! I feel so at home here. I love being with you. I love this. The, the presence of Jesus is here. Hey, and this morning I want to share about living out of the overflow. I want to talk about living out of the overflow of the presence of God, and um, I wish my mom was here to share. She she was has been such an inspiration in my life. My mom uh, was an evangelist, and uh, this summer she graduated, and she went to be uh, with Jesus in glory. And it's so glorious. Do you know what? We have eternal life. <laughs> we have eternal life. We have a hope of eternity. And I tell you what, that hope is is bursting in my heart right now because I have a lot of my heart in heaven right now, <laughs> and it's so good, and it's so good. And you know, you know, my mom, she loved to talk talk to people about Jesus. When I, I went to visit home, and I came came back, I phoned my mom. I said, Mom, how was your flight home? Because we were both visiting my sister up in Washington. And she said, Oh, Connie, I had the best time. I said, What happened? She said, Well, I sat down on the plane, and I started talking to the, to the lady next to me. Before long, I was talking about Jesus. <laughs> and then I shared the gospel, and I said, Do you have this? Would you like this hope that I have? Oh, I would. She said, So I got to lead her." to Jesus (laughs) my mom you know who's like well she passed away at 92 you know this was probably when she was this was when she was 90 this was when she was 90 see she and I said mom that's amazing she said oh yeah and then I got off the plane and I got on a bus And I was on the bus, and I sat next to this woman, and she was from the Philippines. And I started sharing with her about the hope I had in Jesus. And before long, I'm like, do you want this too? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) She said, I got to lead this Filipino lady to Jesus. I'm like, Mom, this is amazing. She said, yeah. And then I was getting off the bus, and I just happened to say to the bus driver, excuse me, but if you died today, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And he said, no, I don't. She said, would you like to? He said, oh, I would. She shared the gospel with him. And she led him to Jesus. <laughs> she said, I had a really good day. I'm like, oh, man, mom. Woo, that is awesome. But, you know, I was talking to her two months later, and she said, Connie, you'll never guess who I met. I went on the bus today, and before I could get on the bus, the bus driver said, Wait are you Virginia Calder? And she said, yes, I am. He said, you may not recognize me, but two months ago you got on my bus and you asked me before you got off if I knew where I was going to spend eternity. And I said, no. And you led me to Jesus. Well, I wanted, I've been watching for you every day since to tell you how wonderful it is that I now know Jesus as my Savior. (laughs) He said, I found a great church, and I'm on fire for God. I love that, don't you? You know, we're throwing out seeds. We're preaching the gospel everywhere, and God is doing something amazing. You see, my mom lived out of the overflow. You see, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever your heart is filled with, it's going to come out. It's going to overflow. And uh, and Jesus, uh, Jesus is, you know, Nah, I don't know why I said Jesus <laughs> just because I love him because he wants he wants to be right so present like 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 every moment he wants us fellowshipping with him that 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 you know when when only somebody gets around us it's not long before they get the overflow of the love of Jesus we start splashing out the spirit and his presence on us like when we were we, we flew to uh, in fact I came here just before I went to to Africa with our team last year. Oh, I was going to tell you, maybe I should just say, <laughs> oh, I, I get so excited and then I don't wear my glasses. So I don't ever look at my notes and it's really terrible. <laughs> but, but, but maybe I should just say, cause you maybe don't know me, but, but I, I live and I work here with, with youth with a mission. My husband and I moved here six years ago. We've been praying and pioneering YWAM Cambridge, which is youth with a mission. Um, and uh, we had our first DTS last year, which is really exciting. But I, I've been living in this nation for about 30 years. I came over just for one year to help start a School of Biblical Studies with YWAM. I was just, I just like, okay, because the guy, I, I did the School of Biblical Studies in Hawaii. Well, that's where I did my DTS training because I thought, you know, if you have to suffer somewhere for God, you might as well suffer somewhere beautiful. <laughs> And then, and then I did the school of biblical studies and then the guy invited me to come to England and, and, and he's like, "Will you come and help me pioneer the SBS, the school of biblical studies in, in Naniton?" I'm like, no, I'm a beach girl from Southern California. I'm not going to go and live in the middle of England. Are you crazy? You know, <laughs> no, 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 no. But anyway, uh, I, I, he said, well, pray about it. I said, okay, God, if there's the remotest chance you want me to go to England, change my heart. Two weeks later, I'm like, Phil, is it too late to change my mind? I want to come to England. So, So now I've been here for 28 years. <laughs> So, but anyway, so yeah, and I, but I didn't always have a passion for missions. I I actually got saved just before the Jesus people revival. In fact, it broke out at our church. Have you ever heard of Calvary Chapel or Chuck Smith in Southern California? Well, that was our church. There were 50 people. And I got saved just before that. When, 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 um hippies started started getting saved. They started coming to our church. They started building us a new church. Before they built it, they built one wall, then they had to tear it down and just put windows and, and open doors so that they could all flood out into the courtyard, because it was revival. I know now, it was the Jesus revival. Jesus people revival, but we didn't know then. We were just living it, right? And we just saw the kingdom of God come amongst all these wild hippies who had hair everywhere. You know, it was like, wow! you know, beads and flower power. And you know what? They came and they got delivered off drugs out of alcohol and, f- and full of the Holy spirit. <laughs> They're pastoring churches all over America. Yeah. It's fantastic. So I have fire of revival in my bones. I mean, I was brought up on it, you know, I just, I, and, and, you know what? I, I'm, I'm sniffing it. I'm smelling it. I'm tasting it. We we had a team up in Scotland this summer doing, doing the Commonwealth Games outreach. Do you know what, you guys? I lived there for six years. And it was hard to see anybody get saved. And we were on the streets. We were sharing the gospel with gospel bracelets. I don't know if you've ever seen these. (laughs) <laughs> but we have so much fun giving away a free bracelet. you want one? Yeah. They're like, yeah, I want one. Like I walked out of the door. The first, you know, the first thing we do, we're we we, we we're working with this church in Trune. Step out of the door. There's two girls with this bright green coats on. This way, this way, you know. And I'm like, hi, what are you doing? Oh, we're telling people, you know, which way to go. I said, well, we want to invite you to something that's happening here. And by the way, would you like a bracelet? Sure. Oh, do you know the story that goes with the colors? No. What is it? I said, well, green, it represents creation. Did you know that God created this beautiful place called Scotland, but he didn't just want Scotland. He wanted you. He put you in it because he didn't have anybody in the whole world like you. So he created you to be in his very image, to be his son, his daughter, to know and love him for eternity. Are you enjoying that relationship with God? She's like, no, but I hope one day I'll have that. And I said, what about you? She says, no, I don't know, but maybe, maybe if I study or, if, you know, maybe someday I'll get, I'll get there. I'm like, well, today's that day. (laughs) Let me just tell you. Let me tell you why you don't have it. Gray represents the problem. Because in the beginning, when God made Adam and Eve, they walked with God in the garden like this. They were one. They had intimacy, fellowship. But God said, everything's good. But one thing, don't eat from this garden. Because the day you eat from that tree, you're going to die. What did they do? They ate from the tree. What happened? Did they die? She's like, oh, I I don't know. Do you think they died? No, I don't think they did. No, they didn't die physically, but we're not just a body. You see, you were made in the image of God and inside you is a spirit that was made to live forever in relationship with God. And you're separated from that. You don't have that right now. And and God was heartbroken just like he was with Adam when he he came to the garden that day. He said, Adam, where are you? What's happened? What has happened, Adam? And, And And now there was this gulf, this separation. Because they were now dead. Their spirits were dead. They were dead on the inside. And so, as I began to share, I said, but God didn't want to leave you in that place. But red, it represents the love of God, the heart of God, like Valentine's Day. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for you. Jesus came to show you what love looks like. He came to show you the way back to the Father. To show you the heart of the Father. That's why he was healing everybody that was sick. Everybody around him with leprosy, with crippled, blind eyes. They all got healed. He even raised the dead. Because he said, hey, do you want to know what God's heart looks like? Here, let me just cleanse this leper. That's what it looks like. Let me love this outcast. That's what the love of God looks like. And I said, but he ultimately came to take your place. See, right now you're dead. You're in separation. And Jesus took that place that you are in right now. And he took it on the cross when he hung there with all of your sin and everything that you've done against God that stands in, op- in opposition to God. Yeah, that it's opposed to God. He took everything we feel guilty about, ashamed of, and he put it on Jesus. He took your place. And on that cross, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did Jesus say those words? Because He took your place. The perfect, holy Son of God who never sinned actually stepped into that place of separation for you. He tasted death for you so you'd never have to. He went to hell and back for you so you'd never have to go there. <laughs> and after six hours, God said, it's enough. And Jesus cries out, it's finished. It's paid in full. It's complete. Wooo! Too <laughs> And, and so he gave his spirit back to God. They put him in a tomb, but death could not hold him. And three days later, God raised him from the dead. And he came and he said, guys, I've done it. I've overcome sin. And, and now you can have a clean slate. You can have a, a clean conscience and a pure heart. I'm going to make everything brand new in your life. And not only that, I'm going to go back to the Father, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. He's going to come and live inside. And you're going to be born again of the." spirit your spirit's going to come alive again Woo! and you're going to become god's children and i said that's what can happen to you today you could be born again your spirit can become alive and then yellow it's such a happy color isn't it <laughs> you can have the gift of eternal life you'll be walking on streets paved with gold if i had gold we would put it here can't afford it but um <laughs> but but in heaven it's just it's just tarmac Gold's just tarmac. But no, you get the gift of eternal life. I mean, is there any reason why you wouldn't want that today? These girls are like, no, we want that. (laughs) So I said, well, you can pray with me right here, right now, and you can begin this relationship with Jesus. And they both gave their lives to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know what? Do you know what that tells me? Fire has started in Scotland. I mean, in a week, we saw 60 kids get saved, 60 people get saved. In fact, we, we, we shared, We, we were, I was working with fire starters the second week, wildfire the first week. We prayed for the Holy Spirit on these children, uh, these two 13-year-old boys. They, they came up for this camp from Wales. They got it. They got the I can't help it. Do you know they were out on the streets? Once they learned how to give away the gospel, at the end of the week, this little kid gets up. He says, yeah, I just want to tell you, it was so exciting sharing about Jesus. I led nine people to Christ this week. <laughs> what? This, this 13-year-old kid. Come on. That's exciting, isn't it? Living out of the overflow. What does that look like? Well, well, I, I, I've been meditating on the gospel of John. Do you know what? The gospel of John. If you haven't been in the gospel of John lately, oh, man, dive in dive in, go deep. (laughs) In fact, I was telling my staff and students that this is where we're going this year. God gave me a word for our staff retreat and it's like launch out into the deep and then then cast out your nets. Throw out your nets for a catch. And you know what? When they did that, they said, God, we've worked, Father, we've, no, he said, Jesus, we've worked all night long and we've caught nothing. But at your word, I'll let the nets down. And they got such a catch that it almost sank their boat. They called their partners, two boats full of fish. You know, and it's time to go deep. It's time to go deeper in the love of God. It's time to go deeper in the word of God. We're now going to read through the whole Bible. Three, two, one. And you can join us. Just look at the CamHop website. If you want a a Bible reading plan, that'll take you through Psalms three times. The Old Testament, the New Testament twice. And the old once (laughs) in nine months. You can join us. And But we're we're wanting to go deep. We're wanting to, we're wanting to launch out. We're wanting to get deep in the word of God, deep in prayer, deep in worship. I was so encouraged, brother, Tuesday night. Yeah, the presence of Jesus shows up. He is showing up at our prayer meetings, in our worship times. He, he's calling us deep, calls unto deep. Out of the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers have washed over me. Deep cries out to deep. Today, God is calling you deeper than you have ever been before. He's calling you deeper. He wants you to step out of your comfort zone. He's wanting you to step in the deep means you can't touch. In the deep means you're not in control. You can't, you can't, you can't determine. It's deep. If God doesn't show up, you might sink. Wouldn't it be great to just sink in the love of God? (laughs) Because you see, there's a river that flows from the throne of God. Ezekiel saw it he saw the river he said there's a river and it flows out from the throne out from the altar where Jesus put his blood on that altar he paid for us to have living water he paid for us to have forgiveness of sins and the river of living water flows it flows from the altar of God and where does it flow it flows to the dry barren places our brother read this morning oh my heart and my flesh they cry out for the living God as the deer pants for water, Psalm forty-two. So my soul longs for you; my heart and my body, they cry out for you. Yeah? And then it goes deep, cries out to deep. We just we just had the Koreans here visiting from Korea. A thousand Koreans came, and 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 we're in thirty churches all across the UK, and they came and uh, and I and they were getting up like they normally do at five a, for a five a.m. prayer meeting. A 5 a.m. prayer meeting. Uh, <clears throat> uh, did you hear me? A 5 a.m. prayer meeting. W- which is what they always do. Yeah. Uh, we went. We went. We, we set our alarms 4.15. <laughs> and we got to this prayer meeting. And it was worth it. It was worth it. And we got there. And, and I mean, we didn't understand much of what they were saying. But... But the passage was Ezekiel 47, and we knew that one. So we're like, oh, yeah, Oh, God, we want that river to flow." And then we all got on our knees and went up to the, po- what do you call this, the altar? I don't know what it is, A po- podium. And we were all in, in kneeling down, which is what they always do. And they cry out, God, send the river. God, send a flood to this barren land. Then I heard him preach. <laughs> I heard this guy preach. Do, do, do you know, do you know we, we went, first, let me tell you, we went out on the street with them. And they were doing their dances and their drama. They came to thank us for sending the first missionary. His name was Robert Thomas. And when he got there, he was he was going up the river and he was throwing out tracks as fast as he could uh, as the boat was going by. And then his boat caught fire. And then it started sinking. So he had to swim with his Bible to shore, which wasn't really his plan. No, I don't know what what his plan was. But he got onto the shore and they arrested him and before they killed him, he gave his Bible to the man who did it. He said, read this. It'll change your life. Oh, God. Oh, God. Save this nation. The guy read it. And it changed his life. And then more missionaries started coming. More missionaries. And they came back to say, thank you for bringing the gospel to Korea. Now they are the greatest missionary sending nation in the world yeah. per capita. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah. And they came back. I, we had people weeping on the streets. We had people weeping on the streets. I was talking to this lady. She's like, she's like all embarrassed. I said, I said, I know why you're crying. It's okay. You're having a love encounter. You see, these people, they prayed for three months for you to experience the love of God. And that is what's happening to you right now. <laughs> That's what's happening. The love of God. Then the pastor says, I, I've come back to remind you what crying out prayer is. You see, 150 years ago, the Puritan missionary, the, Puritans, yeah, taught us how to cry out to God. They taught us how to cry out to God. And then the Japanese came and they destroyed our homes. We had no comfort anywhere. So we flooded into the churches and we began to cry out for our nation. And then they destroyed the churches. So we fled to the mountains and we held onto trees and we cried out to God. And look at what he has done. Oh, look what he's done. And you know what? They were ministering. There's was, there was such a desperateness. There's a desperate. And I believe God is stirring that up in our nation. There's a desperateness to see his kingdom come. And we want to live out of that, don't we? Sorry, that was just an extra. I just had to tell you about the Koreans. I didn't mean to, but. <laughs> but so. So John 1. John 1.16 because I've been meditating, so I'm going to just give you a few highlights, just some of my favorite bits from from John as I've been meditating on it. John 1:16 says, "From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another." We've all received. Do you know this week we were studying about missions? When Abraham called, when God called Abraham into missions, He said, "Leave your leave your family and go to a land I'll show you." I'm going to make you into a great blessing. I'm going to bless your life. I'm going to I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing to the nations, and um, we're blessed to be a blessing. Do you believe that? <laughs> so, so here, out uh, from the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Uh, we were we were in in at home last summer, and um, I I I woke up one morning, Thursday morning. We were there for a few weeks and I just felt, Andrew, I think God's saying we're, we're we're to go to Yosemite. I really want to go to Yosemite and I feel God wants us to go to Yosemite National Park with our family and have a, a week holiday. But I don't know how it will happen. It's pretty impossible because we don't have a car um, and, you know, it's just, how is it ever going to work? So we went and looked at how much it would cost to have an SUV for a week. It was like $500. And so I put my name down and, and when we got home, I, I phoned him back up. I said, you know what? I don't think we'll do it. Just take my name off. So we went to some friend's house that night and they said, Connie, so what are you doing next week? I said, well, I, I want to go to Yosemite with my family. I want them to see the waterfalls. Well, why aren't you going? Why don't you go? I said, well, uh, I don't have a tent. They're like a tent. We have a tent. Honey, honey, they need a tent. Go, go tell them. Tell them what you need. Well, do you have sleeping bags? No. How about air mattresses? No. Do you have a cooking tent, a cooking stove? No. Do you have anything? No, we have nothing. He said, well, good, because we have everything you need. And then he said, so, by the way, how are you going to get there? I said, well, you mean car-wise? Hmm, not sure yet. Not sure yet. He said, oh, well, I'm on a mission next week. I won't need my car. Would you like my SUV for the week? Whoa! (laughs) The next day, he drives up with his... It looked pretty new to me... uh, white shining SUV filled with all the camping equipment we needed. It was my birthday. I felt God say happy birthday to you. And then I phoned my sister. I said, Gina, guess what? And she said, well, that's all great. But Connie, the campsites were booked a year ago. I'm like, Oh, she says, I she says, let me have a look. So she phones back. She says, there's really nothing. There's one night here, there's one night there, and three days in between. I'm like, oh no. She said, but there's a, n- a number. Phone it. I phone the number of reservations. And I said, You wouldn't I know this is crazy, but you wouldn't have a have, have a week next week free, would you? A campsite for a family? She's like We've just had a cancellation. Yes, we have a whole week. You can book right now. Woo, glory. So we were off the next day for a week in Yosemite because it was my father's birthday present to me. <laughs> but you see, we have from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. We got to count like our pastor was saying, count your blessings, name them one by one. Change the atmosphere around you. You see, in heaven, the atmosphere is one of worship and praise. And I want to live in that atmosphere, don't you? I want to count my blessings and be overflowing with them. In fact, in fact, I, I was on a plane and I sat next to, to a, a woman named, well, she was from Kenya. I said, oh, so what's your name? She said, Grace. I'm like, Grace! Grace, do you know that you, that that is the most wonderful, important name in the Bible? She's like, is it? I said, I said, yes. I said, I said, do you know what it means? She said, no, I've always wondered what it means. I said, well, it means God's riches at Christ's expense. It does. That's amazing. I I know it is. Look at, look at what Ephesians says, says it's by grace that we're saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works lest Anyone should boast. And And I said, have you, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? She said, well, I'm a Catholic, but I haven't gone for many years. And I said, oh, I said, have you ever been born again? She said, born again? What's that? So I opened up John three where it says, Jesus said to Nicodemus, if you want to see the kingdom of heaven, you've got to be born again. He's like, how can I do that? Unless a man is born again, Jesus said he will never enter the kingdom of God. And I told her, you got to be born again. I shared the gospel with her. She gave her life to Jesus. She got born again that night. Because you see, we've got to be born again. Do, do, you, do you realize this? I mean, it's really been hitting home to me that unless we're born again, people are dead. Ephesians 2 tells us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we used to live. We were dead, spiritually dead. So, you know, sometimes we get discouraged because we try and talk to people about Jesus and they're, they're cold. There's just no response. But we have to remember, they're dead. They are spiritually dead. That's what dead people are. They're cold and they're hard. Have you ever talked to a hard-hearted person? Cause he's dead. Cause dead people are cold and they're hard and they're also prone. <laughs> so if you find one that's walking, that's good. <laughs> No, no, but I'm serious. People are dead. Do you see people that way? Paul says, you know, from now on, I don't see people anymore from a natural point of view. You see, we got to see people are dead. And and they're not getting, God isn't getting anything from them. And he can't give anything to them. Because they're like spiritually dead. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He's the resurrection and the life. He wants to raise the dead. He wants to raise the dead through you. Isn't that awesome? Like yesterday we were talking to Amy and, uh, it was great. She's like, hi, hi, would you like a bracelet? She's like, what? Oh, okay. We're like, yeah, we're giving them out. We're sharing the good news of the love of God. And, uh, do you, do you know this God? Do you know the, God's love? She's like, uh, well, I, I believe in God. I, I said, well, that's a great start. I said, but have you been born again? Here, let my friend uh, Beth tell you the gospel. So Beth threw her in. She starts sharing the gospel. And then we, we we gave our testimony and shared a bit more. And I was like, wouldn't you like this? Any reason why not? She says, no, I want that. So she gave her life to Jesus. But, but people, I mean, the thing is, we're raising the dead. Isn't that right? But my dustbin man... <laughs> took a team out. We were in Harpenden, walking on the streets, and this guy was pushing a dustbin. So I went up to him and I said, Hi, sir, I just want to thank you for picking up the rubbish in this street and for making this city look so good. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. How long have you been doing this? 20 years. Wow. Thank you. Do you know it's so important to get rubbish out of your life? You see, I was with 120 young people last night, and we were asking God to get the rubbish out of our lives. You see, all the sin, all the rebellion, all the all the rubbish when we break God's commands, and we were crying out, "God, clean the rubbish out of our hearts." And Jesus did that. And uh, I said, "Do you have a relationship with God?" He said, um, "He said." I, I said, "Do you believe in God?" He says, "Yes, I do." I said, well, "That's great." Did you know what? You can not only just believe in him, you can become his son. Really? How? <laughs> I got to tell him about him be born again. So he gave his life to Jesus. <gasps> but, but this dustman man, because he didn't know. And this is what I'm finding out. People don't know. I, I hear this all the time. I've never heard this message before. Why is that? We gotta get talking, brothers and sisters. We gotta get this good news out. Because people need to be born again. Do you know, George Whitfield? that's what he preached all the time. He he was always preaching, unless a man's born again, you got to, you know, you got to, in order to enter the kingdom of God, they're like, George, why are you always preaching you must be born again? He said, well, because unless a man is born again, he won't enter the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus, do you remember what he said to his disciples? He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part of me. And they were all going, whoa! this is weird. So everyone departs except his 12. And he turns to his 12 and he says, are you two going to leave me? He said, where else can we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You alone, you alone have the words of eternal life. I I was traveling uh, to Africa this last trip and uh, I sat next to this girl named Petra. She was from Sweden. She'd never darkened the door of a church. And she... Uh, you know, I, I I gave her a bracelet. She's like, Oh, that's nice. I said, it has a meaning. So I shared the meaning with her and she really liked it. And I said, I said, you know, you know, if you're thirsty, Jesus wants to satisfy the deepest longings of your heart. And I turned to John four because, Oh, this is what I asked her. I said, I said, have you ever received the gift of God? She says, what's that? What is the gift of God? And I turned to John 4. Do you remember when Jesus asked the woman at the well for a drink? And, and she said, you want, you want a drink from me? I mean, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me? He said, if you knew who was at, if you knew the gift of God. And who was asking you? You would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. And this water will become in you a spring welling up to eternal life. She's like, give me that water. <laughs> give it to me. You see, I believe that the only reason why people aren't sitting in here is because they've never heard. Because they're, they're, they're no, we're no cleverer than they are, Right? Right? They just haven't had the chance. Like they haven't heard the gospel. And, and, uh, and so I, I think she's an atheist because she's never heard this. But if you're thirsty, if you're hungry, Jesus said, come to me and drink. If anyone's thirsty and out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That's for us. Are we thirsty? Are we hungry? God wants a river of living water to flow out of us, to pour out of us. Do you know that song? I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Springing up, oh well, oh well, oh well. (laughs) Within my soul, springing up, oh well. You know, it's exciting. Because we've got this, there is a river. There's a river and it's flowing from the throne of God. Is it flowing through you? That's the question. Are you letting that river flow through you? You see, there's two rivers, there's two rivers in, um, in Israel. And one river flows into the Sea of, into the, into the Sea of Galilee. The river flows in and it flows out and it's alive. That river's alive. But that same river carries on and it flows into the Dead Sea where there's only an inlet. There's not an outlet. And so God wants us to be like the Sea of Galilee. Ooh. He wants us to be drain pipes for Jesus. He wants to, us to, just to love on God and let that love just pour right through us everywhere we go. He says, if you knew the gift of God, and who was asking you, you would have asked him. If you only knew the gift of God. You could be born again. You see th- this this overflow, this overflow. If we want to, if we want to live in the overflow, we need to know that we're no longer orphans. That we're no longer orphans. You see, when when Jesus left his disciples, he said, "I'm I, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and He's going to come. He's going to live inside of you." And instead of, what does Romans 8 say? You have not received a spirit that makes you a slave again to to fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship. And by that spirit, we cry out, Daddy, Daddy, Father. We've received a spirit of sonship. Do you know, I was a real orphan. My father passed away when I was a baby. A biblical term of orphan means being fatherless. I grew up with a mother but I was fatherless and it was a great pain in my life. A great sadness, a great sorrow, a great anger. I had a, I had a real bad temper until I came to know at age eight, the father's love. My mom dropped me off at a Christian summer camp. And I heard for the first time, there's a God in heaven who wants to be my dad. <laughs> who wants to be my dad. That day I gave my life to Christ. My mom picked me up at the end of the week. My stepdad I had for about a month. After three days, he said, where's the kid you took to camp? This isn't the one you brought home. What's happened? She's been born again, the pastor said. She's been born again. So they gave their lives to Christ too. But, but, you know, people have an orphan, an orphan spirit. They're orphans. What, what is an orphan? They're lost, aren't they? They don't, they don't know who, where they come from, who their father is. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing here. See, we, 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 we've got an, a, a disease. We've got orphan hearts. And we need to let them know there's a father in heaven that loves them. That they can step into this relationship of intimacy. Have you stepped in? Yeah? Are you living as a son of the, uh, uh, of the king of kings? As a prince and a princess? Living out of the spirit of sonship? Not out of that spirit of fear that that spirit of fear that makes us a a spirit mm, that makes us a slave again to fear. Because we don't know him intimately. Jesus said, Jesus said on that day in John in John 14, on that day, you will know that I am in the father and that the father is in me and that I am in you. You're going to know. You're going to know that, that we are in you. You're going to know that, that you're no longer alone. That you are filled with the love of God. You're going to know that you're have that that you not an orphan. I, w- I was in front of Anglia Ruskin talking to a girl named Rebecca. I just felt the Lord just prompt me with loneliness. I said, you know what? You may struggle with loneliness. Do you? She said, yeah, I do. I said, you know, that's part of the orphan heart. Because you were cut off from God. And and now you don't know God as your dad. You don't know this love constantly in your life. And that that creates a place for loneliness and abandonment. But God wants to come into your life today so you can be born again. Anyway, yeah, she gave her life to the Lord. But but she it's just about coming out of that orphan place. Because it's real, isn't it? That orphan heart is real. So living in the overflow is knowing. That you're no longer an orphan, but you're a son. You're a daughter woo, of the king. Hallelujah. And where do I go? <laughs> mm. Do you know we have a global outreach day? Have you heard of it every year? And uh, and, and last year, we're out on the street. Uh, yeah, a year ago, on the streets, uh, I had 70 young people with me. We went on Christ pieces, giving away gospel bracelets. And you know, it was really exciting as we gave away the love of God. But you know what? I, I, I had, I had a woman say, I've never understood this. I, I've never understood this before. I had this lady, I was sharing with this man. He had all these questions. He was firing questions at me. You know, I'm answering them as best I can. And then he says, okay, that's enough. I'm going to think about that. Thank you very much. And he walks off. And this lady turns to me. She said, while you were speaking, I just have to say. It was his girlfriend or partner or something. She said, I just have to say, while you were speaking, something was happening inside. It felt all warm, like kindness and love or something. I said, you know what that was? That was the Holy Spirit. See, these are, these aren't just any words. These are words of eternal life. This is the love of the Father coming out to you. Oh, you see, you are carriers of that. You're not an orphan. You're a son and you carry those words of eternal life to bring healing and transformation. Be- before we even started that outreach, this man named Mario walked in. We were, we were, uh, camping at, um, at uh, St. Andrew's Baptist Church. And this guy comes in. We give him a cup of coffee. Our friends, one of our guys, shares the gospel. It leads him to Christ before we even start the day. It's like, we haven't started yet. <laughs> and he got saved. And then he comes out on the street. He's holding up free prayer. <laughs> and he was with us all day. We saw we saw 49 people give their lives to the Lord on Christ's pieces. <laughs> What's happening? You guys, We got. W- w- it's happening, isn't it? And then this guy, he, you know, he comes to the evening meeting and, uh, and he doesn't have a place to stay. So I'm like, honey, can we have, yes, we can. Good. So he came home. The next day he comes to church with us. And, uh, and then I brought him, I brought him into this church on that Sunday night because St. Barnabas was running that seven service and he's sitting there in the worship and he's just weeping. I, I said, I said, Tony, this is just the love of God. Just keep opening your heart. You're now a son and you're not alone anymore. And he was just like, oh. and, uh, and then we go out to any, and, he, and he, he was leaving and we said goodbye that night. And he said, Connie, he said, he said, I want you to know before this, I just was so lost in his broken Portuguese English. And he said, but now, but now I'm, I said, found. He said, yes, now I'm found. He phones me a week later. He said, Connie, I just want you to know I'm not alone anymore. I've got God in my life now. <laughs> Woo! Glory. You, today, are you an overflowing person? Because to be an overflowing person, you need to know you're born again. You need to know that you're no longer dead, but you're alive on the inside. You need to know you're not an orphan, but you're his son. You need to know, and finally, you need to know, you need to, mm, let me just find, <laughs> you need to know how dearly you're loved by God. In, 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 uh, in John 14, it says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and show myself to him. He says it again in verse 23 of chapter 14. If anyone loves me, he'll obey my teaching, and my father will love him, and we'll come to him and make our home with him. Do you know what? I'm a mobile home. (laughs) I'm going everywhere I go, it's we're going here and we're going there because I've got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They've moved in to my life. (laughs) I'm not alone anymore. I'm a mobile home. Hallelujah, and 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 so it's you know Ephesians three tells us that there's the there's love that that blows your mind. It's so high, it's so deep, it's so wide. You can't get to the end of it, to the bottom of it. You can't reach the heights of it. God wants you to be filled with all the fullness of God, and it's in the love of God, and Jesus wants you to have that. Jesus's final prayer, he says, "I and them, and you and me, may they." Be brought to complete unity, to let the world know. Do you know what? Your unity shouts out something. God wants us unified because he wants to tell the world something. What does he want to tell the world? He wants to tell the world. This is what he prayed. Father, I want them to be in complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me and that you have loved them even as you have loved me. That's the message. The Father loves each person as much as He loves Jesus. This morning He loves you as much as He loves Jesus. Whoa! Does that freak you out? <laughs> you are dearly loved. He loved, Jesus said it in His final prayer. Father, I make them one so the world will know that You sent me and that You have loved them as much as You have loved me. Wow, that's how dearly you're loved today. Dearly you're loved. Are you living in that today? Mm. Do you know perfect love casts out all fear? Maybe this morning you're thinking, oh, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't want to do that. But you know what? It's just the overflow of love. A heart filled with love. If, if, if fear is keeping you back, let's get rid of that. Let's give that to Jesus, shall we? Because God has not given you a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. So if he hasn't given it to you, you don't have to keep it. That's what I always say. (laughs) So let's get rid of that fear, and let's ask God to pour out his love so we will overflow with the Father's love. Because you know what? No one loves us like he does. No one loves us. I love to tell people that on the street. Do you know no one loves you like God loves you? Nobody. Nobody. And maybe today, you know, you just want to be refreshed in the love of God. You're saying, Connie, I want to become a contagious person. (laughs) I want to be contagious. I I want people to catch this from me. I I want to be an overflowing person. And maybe you need a fresh revelation of how dearly you're loved by God. You see, when you really know how dearly you're loved by God, then you see people that way. And you see, oh my goodness, God, you love them as much as you love me. Wow. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you are dearly loved. The father, he's crazy about you. Do you know that today? Do you know that the father is crazy about you? Because don't, don't let accusations from the enemy keep you away from his presence. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And if we're not full of joy, who was it? Some guy, the the preacher from South Africa. He says, there's probably sin in your life. (laughs) Because what separates us from God is sin. So in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Isn't that great? So that's why we should always have this overflowing presence of God in our life. So let's go after it. Let's go after it this morning. What is hindering you today from walking in the fullness of the love of God? What is hindering you from walking in the joy of the Holy Spirit? What is it? Let's bring it to the altar today. Let's see that thing broken off of us. So we can walk out of here singing and dancing in the joy of the Lord.
0: Thank you for listening. And we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.